Yeah, what is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, your host, and you're listening and watching a super, super, super duper episode of Untold Stories, where together, twice a week, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be, where it is right now, and where we're going in the future. And it is episode 300. We're celebrating today. It's episode 300. I can't believe it. It's, we're going to take you, this is such a special episode. We're going to take you down memory lane. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about like so many stories going back our lives, 10 years. I'm joined by none other, the the myth, the legend, the the woman, the one, you know, the one who's seen it from her eyes, who's been with, we've been together for 10 years. My amazing wife, Courtney Warner Shrem. Court, I love you so much. I love you too. I This is, we're, we're episode 300, three years into the show. I really can't believe we're here today. I know. Congratulations. Wait, we have to get the, oh. we have to get the ice cream sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> if you're not watching this episode, this is like the perfect episode to be watching because we have, we're here. We have our dog, Baz. We're going to be eating ice cream sandwiches. It's episode 300. I'm so excited. We've, all right, let me grab the sandwiches. <laughs> I was unwrapping and eating these ice cream sandwiches. Babe, cheers. I really, uh, cheers. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. I want to give a special shout out and thanks to the whole team and everyone who's been here with us for all these years. You guys have been amazing. Uh, I can't believe we're here. Um, where we started, we didn't even know if we'd get to this point. Most podcasts never do. And it's like... Uh, to be here is like a really exciting moment. So where does this journey begin? Oh, where do we start? <laughs> it goes back to uh, the EVR days in mm. April 2013. Oh, the good EVR days. What was that like to you? How did you find that place? And how, you know, in your, in, from your eyes, how did we, we, uh, we first meet and everything like that? And, and uh, so how did that intertwine with Bitcoin? It all started, I was pounding the pavement, living in New York City at the time, Um, resume in my hand, in the dead of December, in the winter, snow falling, freezing my butt off. I see these two tall wooden doors with no name on it. And there was a guy smoking a cigarette outside and, and I happened to pass by and I'm like, excuse me, what is this place? And the guy goes, oh, this is a new club that we're opening up called EVR. The name's not on the door yet. I said, oh, that's cool. I said, well, are you guys hiring? Because I'm a cocktail waitress and I am looking for a job. And he's like, actually, why don't you come in, check out the place? So I went in, checked out the place and he looked at my resume and I got hired on the spot. And it just happened to be the very first place to accept Bitcoin as the very first transaction in New York City in a bar slash nightclub that I happened to do the very first transaction. That, I mean, could you imagine in 2013, almost 10 years ago, really almost 10 years ago, yeah. uh, a month away, people were spending Bitcoin at a nightclub at a novelty. And yep. like, I forget the price was probably in the dollars at the time. And yep. like, people were really excited, but... But back in those days, I mean, the New York Bitcoin community was what? New York, San Francisco, uh, Miami, maybe. Berlin was a huge community. But it was mostly rele- relegated to like chat rooms and forums and stuff like that. Yeah. So here you are. 
I know this will be like a book or a movie and you're finding yourself uh, in a place where people from around the country are coming in order just to see what it feels like to really spend Bitcoin for a drink or for some food. Yep. <laughs> and champagne showers. Yeah. <laughs> and champagne showers, actually. Some of the other people that hung out at that club was uh, Eric Voorhees, uh, who ended up um, co-founding Shapeshift and so many other companies like that. And he, him and I were running BitInstant back then. And he was hanging out there all the time. Jared Kenna. Jared Kenna was always there. The first Bitcoin exchange trade hill. We had him on the show not too long ago. He was down with us in Austin. How much fun was that reminiscing in Austin with those guys uh, at Contensus? We did like a 10 years later panel and we, we had it on the show. That ice cream sandwich was so good. I know. It was so good. It was only 100 calories. <laughs> so it's somewhat healthy. <laughs> no, it was good. And it was actually cool to catch up with Jared in Austin because that was the first time that we really got to know each other from us being together for so long. And then he actually saw like what we saw, you know. Yeah, because there was a lot of shit that ended up happening like a few months and, and a year later. And uh, um, you ended up kind of riding through all of that with me and we we rode through all that stuff together. So to go through, you know, after all that, it was just so much fun. So so we're out there, you're doing, you're doing the first Bitcoin transaction. It's kind of how we first met. Yeah. It was an amazing blind date. Yeah, we were set up on a blind date, meaning... Well, we knew what each other looked like, but um, there was a time when I was done working at EVR at the time. And then everyone's like, we're all going out for drinks. And we're like, all right, cool. So they're like, we're going to be at this place. And they told you that where the place was as well. And I go there, you go there. No one else shows up. Turns out we've been set up because <laughs> they both knew that we had a crush on each other. It was so at beautiful. The same time. Yeah. And then uh, I ended up throwing up on you on <laughs> yeah, the first date. Yeah, that was great. Date. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun that night. And um, from what I remember those days, we were like living above above the club. And Bit Instant was going through some real craziness. This was 2013. The government was for the first time talking about what Bitcoin is. Yeah. Uh, but we did some we did some crazy stuff. We went to um, the Bitcoin San Jose conference in 2013. My very first Bitcoin conference. Oh yeah. my god! So so wait, we're we're fast forwarding a little bit. So so we got <laughs> together and um, we met and we fell in love and we instantly became inseparable. Yes. And and then um, I ask you like what a month or two into our relationship, like literally hey, like probably like three or four weeks in. What happened? our relationship, you asked me, you're like, do you want to travel with me to three states? And I'm like, for what? And you're like, for a Bitcoin conference? And I was like, I mean, I was totally into you. So I was like, sure, you know, why not? And I've never really traveled before. So I was like, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity. So my very first Bitcoin conference was San Jose in 2013. And I was basically almost the only girl there because it was so crazy how small of a community it was compared to what it is now. Oh my God, the whole community back then. It was like, you'd have uh, uh, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase was there and he was like giving away Bitcoin. We were giving away like Cassatius coins at our booth. Yeah. Uh, back then, um, the there was a guy who was like a, what was his name? He was like singing all the time. Um, 
Oh, the Bitcoin guy that was singing, yeah, he the, was singing like, the Bitcoin song? Yeah, he had the Bit Instant theme song. You oh, can still find it on I YouTube. I can't remember the name it's of it. Da- Chow Dong. Yes, Chow Dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he and he did that whole uh, uh, crazy um, Bitcoinica song. He did the Bit Instant song. He yeah. did a bunch of other theme songs. Like, this is such an interesting thing. So here you have this, like, the only YouTuber at the time who's like doing any music about Bitcoin gets invited to basically sing live on stage. Is that the one with the Satoshi mask? Yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah. yeah the anonymous mask <laughs> The anonymous on. mask, yeah. So like the crazy thing was, it wasn't like it was after. So imagine you're at a Bitcoin conference and like as you're walking around the exhibition hall, there's a guy rapping about Bitcoin, <laughs> like on stage just overlooking everyone. And- I think the reason that we had to do that was because we couldn't even fill an exhibition hall in San Jose. Like there were no, it was like. There's videos of you like jumping on stage to like the Bitcoin songs of, you know, like before I met you, I remember seeing videos of you and you're just like jumping to the songs. We were jumping to the songs and there was a, there was a guy selling t-shirts and there was. I'm trying to like bring back memories, but we had some some fun I went dinners. To my very first Bitcoin meetup in Union Square, where you sold a bit your uh, Fred Wilson's very first Bitcoin or something. Right? Oh yeah, that was like like not a few months later. We we were back in New York and in, in Satoshi Square that year, and we had actually um, Jonathan Mohan, who was just on the show too. He did mm-hmm. he invented Satoshi Square. Yeah, and it came out of the New York Bitcoin Center. Remember that place? Yep. Oh, man. Oh, that was crazy, too. What, was, what did that place? Describe it to us. Uh, you came in. It, what was it like? The financial district it's on Wall area, Street. Or like Wall Street area. And you would go in and it was just like this Bitcoin center sign at the front. And then you would go in and there was almost like a register registering area, I guess, like where people like would register to speak. Yeah. And so forth. And then um, I think they might have had like. Cassatius coin like museum situations like yeah they did they had little museum to look there. at and and then you would go in and then you would actually listen to people speak and there would probably be like four there speakers were always speakers time. like every day yeah that's the that's the thing so it's like it was on Wall Street it was like yeah not even a stone's throw from the New York Stock Exchange I yeah. mean this is literally how everyone in Wall Street from the year 2013 to the year. Really, 2014 it launched, and we have some New York Bitcoin Center T-shirts. Nick Spanos was the one who rented. Mm-hmm. He, I think, he like owned the building or he owned the lease, so he turned it into. Uh, he was just he fell in love with Bitcoin. So this guy, Nick Spanos, and he sets up this like, it's almost like it was a religious center. Like imagine like a Scientology or like a Jehovah's Witnesses or some yeah. like like center that you go to like a, a city and they're like, hey, come in and check out like our. It was almost like that, but it didn't have that like weird feel because it was on wall street it was like a really industrial building so it wasn't like i don't know it was just very different it was i can't believe we're talking about the bitcoin center it's been so long we met so many we met so many friends that's where crab mondays started it's on stone street oh my god so it was right down there with nick with nick (laughs) we would all go down to stone street to ulysses nick brought vitalik there Mm -hmm. vitalik buterin the founder of ethereum nick brought him there and and I remember Vitalik didn't even know how to do lobster. 
<laughs> and everyone was there. And I didn't know how to do lobster too. Coming out of the Jewish community, we were dating like a yeah, few months. Yeah. I never had lobster before in my life. <laughs> so here we're like doing lobster together. Or lobster, not crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it was both actually. It was yeah. lobster or crab. Um, with the corn and the potatoes. Mm-hmm. And um, how funny it was a few months ago, we met the owner of Ulysses. And I was like, oh, I, I love your place. <laughs> it's New York. It's the best part. I heard who's a New Yorker. Yeah. Listen to the show. I was like nodding there. I was like, yeah, Ulysses is amazing. <laughs> uh, all the Stone Street's amazing. But the New York, we'd all go there. That was like, he always had speakers every single day. You'd go there after work. I would go after a bit instant. We'd go down there together. And it's like, hey, let's go see what's going on at the Bitcoin Center. Yeah. That's where we met Jake. Yep. We would have our nights at Bit Instant office. Oh, yeah. We'd have a lot of fun. The walk of shame before people would come <laughs> to their workspace. Oh, man. I didn't have my own apartment at the time. So we were down there uh, uh, having to, to use a Bit Instant offices and enjoy and everything like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're making me blush. We definitely had good times. But then um, actually, I remember coming out of the, the Jewish community. We went to, it was my first. Christmas 2013 yeah. and Bitcoin hit 1200 for yes. the first time. We were like, oh my gosh, it's 12. And you were handing out Cassius coins to all my family <laughs> oh, members. It oh was my great. God. They were like, what is this physical coin? What am I supposed <laughs> to do with this? And uh, so that, oh, and then you had those little papers that you, I don't know. Like oh, yeah, the little, bit bills. The we bit had all bills. The bit bills. Yeah. So that had like a little pieces of Bitcoin on it too. So I remember my grandma um, before she passed away, she was like all into supporting you and Bitcoin and so forth. And, and she'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this piece of paper again? And I was like, just hold it. Hodl, hodl. That's what you do. Just hold it. <laughs> Grandma was the best. She was the biggest supporter of us. She came actually to visit me in prison. And how um, old was she? Yeah. Oh, man. And remember when she even tripped? She it was, was 86. In the visiting room and she was 86 in the- Or 85. Wasn't even any of the correctional officers that helped her. It was like all a bunch of other inmates. All the helped inmates her helped up. her up. I'll never forget that. As soon as we turned around, I just saw her go down. I was like, oh, my God, what is going to happen here? And then I saw two, like, really nice inmates, like, helping her up. I was like, what a gentleman. You know, one thing we didn't talk about is that you were acting before mm-hmm. before you met me, before you got totally, like, you, you got— I chose the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I chose the Church of Satoshi. Yeah. You got pulled into yeah. it. <laughs> well, I mean, like— what were you doing before as you kind of, you know, as we met for the first time before our first date? I was a dancer. So I was with an agency for dance for a little bit. And then I was actually produ- yeah, producing. I was pursuing music for a little bit as well. Remember, we I would call you and be like, yep, I'm at the studio. Oh, I'm yeah. here for like two days. You don't hear from me. And then I come out. <laughs> and believe it or not, I got I got a good following there I love for that, a little that bit. I that one song you had. Yeah, it's still there. Interesting. So then, um, and then I pursued acting after that. So then I've been just doing uh, TV and film ever since. And you, uh, uh, you had done a film over in Denmark. Like, so, so like. Yes, I did a psychological drama called The Will. And um, the way I got that role is I actually did a horror film called The Instant Messenger uh, prior, previous to that. And, um. The main character, which was the villain in the Instant Messenger, actually referred me to the director of The Will. And I read for The Will and got the role. And then that's how I got to live and work on set for a month um, 
actually during the time of Hurricane Sandy. So it was crazy. We were in the middle of nowhere on Flato Island where you literally have to take a boat to go across town and then come back over the water to be on set. So I want everyone to know that this was 10 years ago and Courtney's whole acting career up until now. And and now you'll see her in like maybe four different things, hopefully knock on wood this year. Where's my wood? Well, you can already see me in two. So there's there's the wood. wood. There's the wood. We got to knock on wood. Got my block. Let me knock. You got to knock, knock on the wood. Uh, because we're so grateful for everything we have and, yes. and the fact that we're here today and appreciative and blessed. And um, and thanks to you guys, we wouldn't be where we are. Oh, my God. It's episode 300. Mm-hmm. We just had ice cream sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording and we're doing this amazing show. Like and so many people and, and their lives have like intertwined with ours over the years, not even not even realizing it. Um, but yeah, so we're giving out Bitcoin and Christmas and everything. Oh, no, no. We're talking about your acting career. So so. Um, I interrupted you That's and okay. you were talking about how you were living on Flato Island. Yeah. So basically, long story short, it was just a really amazing experience. It was my first film that I got to like literally be paid to do what I love to do, made some amazing friends. And it was just basically a family that you just went to war with for that month. And it was the coolest experience ever just being overseas like that. What a fun experience. How long was that for? It was almost a month. Almost a month. Yeah. What did your What did your mom think about that? She was nervous, especially during Hurricane Sandy. And she's like, oh, is there anything going on there? And I was like, actually, this is the only place in the world that Hurricane Sandy is not affecting right now <laughs> because we're in the middle of nowhere in a different country. So that and that movie ended up having a premiere and it went on and it yeah. actually is it, it, it's being used as like your reference as one of your first, you know, your breakouts. So yeah. that was a that was a really like beneficial thing. And like. I can't believe your whole career up until now, uh, 90, it's harder to become a movie star, which you are now. Uh, it's harder to become a movie star in than it is to become like a sports player. People think like, oh, making it to like NFL or NBA is really hard. It's like, no, like becoming an actor and steady actor where you don't have to have another job. That is like harder than winning the lottery. Yeah. You're getting, you're, you're doing it not through like, like audition, like, of course, auditioning and hustling, but like, what's, what has been working for you? Like, what advice do you have for people out there? Create your own opportunities. That's what you need to do. Get to know as many people as you can that's in the industry. I don't care if they're lighting. I don't care if they're directors, producers, even your, your co, you know, your co, um, co, what's the word I'm looking for? Your, <laughs> like, uh, your like your, Oh my gosh, the word is just your co-host or something. Not co-host. No, like your peers, like yeah. your other peers. Like just no matter what, just get to know everybody because you never know what kind of opportunities are on the pipeline, and you can get involved, and you don't know where that's going to go. So, I definitely would take advantage of that and write your own stuff if you can. If you're a writer, doesn't hurt to just write. What about um? What about you know like auditioning and. And things like that. And I still audition. I mean, it's definitely a needle in a haystack with auditioning. Not to say that I discourage it because, I mean, it does work. It's just it's a lot harder. And I think creating your opportunity is the way to go if you want to get noticed when you don't have any credibility at the time. That's really, really good. That's really, really good advice. I can't wait. So what people can see you in in so far 
two things mm -hmm. that they can go out and probably check on IMDb and like star it. And then what yeah. are they called? Uh, the Will, directed by Alexander Chapon and Ask Me to Dance, which is just got sold. And um, that'll be public soon. And that's directed by Tom Malloy. What about trauma therapy? And trauma therapy psychosis is in post, but you can't physically go see that yet. Is it on? Because uh, it's, it's not oh, it's yeah. in post. So you can't go on. To, you can see it, but like what it's about, but you can't actually see the movie yet. So many other things, so many things now. And, and, and I have and a couple of things in the pipeline that I'm working on now. It's going to be a super fun summer. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Me too. So, so to, here we are in 2013 and we go down to La BitConf. Argentina. Argentina. Buenos, Love it. Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yes. And uh, Eric came down with us. Mm -hmm. Uh Roger Veer came down with us, Bitcoin.com and Memory Dealers and so many other companies he started and things over the years. And um, we went on to Argentina. And I remember, I remember why I had to go down there, but I didn't end it, I didn't realize what ended up being such a beautiful, amazing place. What are some memories of, of Argentina? I remember us going, um, there was a Bitcoin dinner and they were doing the tango at the restaurant. I'll never forget that. <laughs> they had the tango. Why are you laughing? That. It was like, yeah, I remember that. It was that so was cool. Great. It was like a two-story restaurant and we were sitting on the bottom and we were literally watching this girl in a red dress and she's doing the tango with this guy in the restaurant. It was so random, but it was just so beautiful to watch. It was like a dinner theater. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was down there. Uh, I was asked, I was down there just supposed to meet with Anthony DiOrio. Mm -hmm. because who ended up founding Decentral and Jax and was one of the co-founders of Ethereum. Uh, and he's still our good friend till today. Isn't that where I met Anthony That's Diorio where you met for Anthony. the very first time? Wow. In that back room at, the, at this bar in like the Soho area of Buenos Aires. Okay, because we had that long table and I had to hold a buffet yeah, in this buffet. bar because we go to Argentina and they're like, hold a buffet. So anywhere you go, get hold a buffet. All it is is beef, ladies and gentlemen. That's all it is. <laughs> really good quality meat everywhere you go in Argentina. This conference uh, ended up being such a, a, an amalgamation for the first time. And this is, again, this is like, almost 10 years ago, for the first time you had the like Latin American, which has always been a huge Bitcoin and crypto like, like adopting nations, like all of Latin America, all those countries down there, like they've been using, they need, a lot of them have hyperinflation. They need Bitcoin and crypto. A lot of them, uh, even where their, their governments and their places are stable, like doing remittances around the world and just the people down there, they're a lot more open to things, I guess, and they're and you know they uh, they love Bitcoin and crypto. Uh, it was an it was a bringing together of like the Canadian, the American, the Latin American Bitcoin communities for the first time. There was a lot of relationships were made there. I think there are some definitely some pictures online, um, yeah, of of all of us eating all that all that amazing steak. Do you remember who was at that table? I can't remember. Yeah, it's like Roger was Roger there. Was Eric. There. Ash, Ash, Ash Oro was that's there. Who, Ash Oro was there. Um, I feel like we weren't even there that long, but we just like said like, "Hey, let's go down to Argentina and see, and see what happens, and and see how it goes." And I was like, we were traveling all these different places together, and yeah. And then we went to London. Yep. Uh, for this London Bitcoin that's conference, I met Max Kaiser for the first time. Max Kaiser. Hi, Max. Stacy. <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> what they're down in El Salvador now. 
they were like the reasons that I think the whole, the president there uh, adopted Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, they're doing some crazy things. They are. They are. But they married us. I know. I was just going to say we have a very special place in our heart for those people because they did the honor of marrying us. Yeah. What was that like having Stacy marry us? Oh, I was so nervous. And then she asked if she could put our wedding on the white paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wanted to do the ceremony on like the... the on the blockchain. On the blockchain, on, yeah. the, uh, on the Satoshi white paper. Yeah. And honestly, I would feel more... I almost want to go back and say, yes, let's do it. Yeah, because that means more to us. That's like more. That would be our NFT. No, that would be kidding. that. Honestly, I cannot think of a better NFT <laughs> than the white paper that our marriage was sanctified on. But I would never but sell who that else? NFT. I was going to say, who else would want our A our lot marriage? of people would want that. I would not sell that ever. That's a, that's a priceless. I don't know if I want someone owning our, no. our. No, but we have an amazing and that was a that was actually a great. Our wedding was so amazing, but we're going, we're going forward a lot of years. So, so we're in, uh, we're traveling all around and then, and then, uh, November, and then January or if it was January, 2014, uh, but instant was shut down a lot of shit. You know, we were like on the top of the world together. We were dating like one year, not even one year, eight months. We were traveling around the world. And then I got arrested for, for the whole bit instant stuff. And you had to, you know, give up your whole, uh, I want, I don't want to, we, we've covered this so many times yeah. on the show yeah. and I want to keep this like a positive show. Yeah, of course. But you know, they, I love you so much. I love you that too. That was, baby. those are some dark years. Those are we some were, really dark years. But we prevailed. We prevailed. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Let's, let's <laughs> knock again. <laughs> and around that same time, like that was not just the end of like our first love bull market. Like, like we always had a love bull market, but like the first bull market together, that's when like Mount Gox shut down. Yep. That was like eight days after I got arrested and then nothing to do with me, but it was just, it was completely like around the same time that, that they paused withdrawals and years later, I think it's like eight years later, Mount Gox actually their customers finally are getting uh, their money back. Like the bankruptcy process is like completing. I think a few weeks ago they got emails about it. Yep. Yeah. It was crazy. We were doing, we were doing like watching TV and movies over FaceTime. Yep. So I was living when in my parents' basement. When you're on house arrest. Yeah. With my ankle bracelet. But we also lived together on house arrest as well. We did. That was amazing. When the judge allowed us to move back together and live, we had some amazing years. We had like our going away party. I was going to say we had a going away party in in uh, in New York City when we lived in the penthouse there. It was nice. Yeah, the blockchain.info whole founding crew was there. Yeah. And like uh, uh, so many good friends and family were there to yeah. like wish me, wish us well, because you were also leaving New York, like moving back home. Yeah, but I didn't know for sure what was happening. And yeah, no one knew what was happening. Yeah, it was kind of like a shock. We, um... <clears throat> Remember we went to uh one of our good friends, Jake Denelt, who was there. Uh he was always like cooking us dinner on like house arrest together. He proof was of like steak. He did a proof of steak barbecue. Yeah. He was always he was always uh he the first like Bitcoiner to leave Morgan Stanley and to like be a full-time Bitcoiner and, and keep that Bitcoin community. He passed away not too long ago, but a lot of you know, you'll see the anniversary on our Twitter and stuff yeah, every year. Yeah, rest in peace, Jake. 
Yeah, the proof of steak barbecue. What do you remember about that? I remember us going upstairs and it was on the rooftop. And that's pretty much all I remember. <laughs> Max and Stacy were there. Uh, Max and Stacy were there. I didn't want to like name drop, keep name dropping people because like, I don't know. They're an important part of our lives. I know. I know they are. They are definitely. Um, And there was a bunch of other people there. And at that point in the Bitcoin time, this was like 2015. Um, Ethereum was finally being like talked about and was launching. People were, uh, Bitcoin was like in a bear market, like it is now. It was like 2015. It was like rough, rough bear market time. And at that one, people didn't even know if, like, I was looking, you were helping me look for a job for when I get out of prison. I yep. didn't even know what I, I was going to do. I got you a job sight unseen. How did you get me a job? So I wrote a letter to the manager that I was working at a winery at the time in Pennsylvania. And I like they already kind of knew who Charlie Shrum was, but didn't never met you. So like they knew of you. And so I literally just explained the whole story, put my heart on the and my <laughs> put everything on the line for you. Didn't know how this manager was going to take it. And the letter was passed to somebody else. So the manager gave it to the owner, not the, I guess the owner or the executive chef yeah. at the time. So he basically ran the place and I was like, oh, so he came up to me and he's like, so I hear your boyfriend is in federal prison. And I was like, yeah. And I, <laughs> and he goes, and he wants, and you need to get him a job. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I can make that happen. And that's how it happened. That was the, the written letter. That should be an NFT. Yeah, that should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were written letters work like we were writing letters to each other for that like year and a half. So, yeah, you know, the power of the, of the written letter. You never. But you were actually. Speaking of podcasts, you did your it's episode 300. You're doing you did your first podcast in 2015 for like it was Vice Motherboard, right? Yeah. I was just, I don't know, I was hunky-dory. I don't even know that was going on. I was just yeah, playing bocce in prison were, <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was actually um, working uh, for my mom's friend. She had a boutique called Life Changes Boutique, and it was basically helping women get through when they're doing cancer treatments. So I worked in the wig department, and um, this was before when I got you the job at the restaurant. <laughs> I've worked at a lot of jobs before yeah. uh, you came home. But anyway— um, so Life Changes Boutique, I was working there and I was in the middle of working there and I got this random call from Adrienne Jeffries and she was like, is this Courtney? And I said, yes. And she goes, this is Adrienne Jeffries from Motherboard Vice. And I was like, yes. She goes, can I do an interview on you? And I was like, uh, okay. And I literally sat at the Life Changes Boutique office in a dark room and literally was on the phone with Adrian Jeff Jeffries doing this interview for like a good 45 minutes. And then it went on air. I've heard that interview now and, and anyone can go listen to it. You really felt you could tell that you really felt passion for like for for what Bitcoin represented to us. Do you remember at the time, like what it represented to you? I remember that. <clears throat> Um, I was still really positive about it because I just saw the community that you had behind you and behind us, even though I was your girlfriend at the time, how there was so much support and just, it was just amazing to see that people just stuck around for that 
amount of time. And even though we were burned, I still believe that it was still going to soar. And all these years later, it, that was the most, one of the most painful things in our lives together. But all these years later, we look it back and we say like, we were almost like it didn't define us, but we used it as like uh, a springboard um, to, to do kind of whatever we wanted to do. We've been able yeah. to like uh, use it and remember like, oh, whatever we're going through now, it doesn't even compare to what we had to go through in the in the dark years. Yeah. The sabbatical. What do we say? Sabbatical now? Sabbatical, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Bitcoin was $234 at the time when I did that interview. Oh my God. $234. Yep. Then that was, I remember that. So 200, that was the bottom of that bear market. Yeah. It dipped to like 180, 190, but it hung out below in the low 200s yep. for like a year. People here, it was a long time. <laughs> but um, uh, so you did that interview, and um, right about the same time, right about the same time that I got out, and you got so you got me this job, and I'm a dishwasher. I loved yes. it, best job ever. <laughs> and I'm actually picking up some eggs in Amish town, and uh. From an Amish farm. It was a farm to table restaurant. If for people are wondering why you were going to get eggs. It was an amazing <laughs> restaurant. Uh, John Wright, if anyone's ever like in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania a yeah. area, it's the best restaurant in the Great whole entire world. Only they'll they'll walk you through the kitchen. I kept that kitchen spotless every day. Yes. Uh, but and I'm hearing on the radio. So at this point, we haven't like re-entered the Bitcoin world. Like I'm not even using a smartphone. But I hear on the radio something about this Ethereum DAO that exploded. So just to give everyone an idea of like what year this is, this is the year of the DAO. And the first DAO on Ethereum raised all this money. It was the first time smart contract ever used like hundreds of millions of dollars and the hacker got in and hacked it all and it was and it was all gone. But yeah. like, that's kind of the Bitcoin world that we were going, going back into. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Steam? We were doing articles on Steam. Steam was like... Uh, such an amazing experience because we could write articles I and make like, money. I felt like that was a platform for you to kind of like be reacquainted with the public again. Like, I feel like that was like a therapy session for you to kind of like just vent and kind of just reach out to everybody. And that, cause that was like your coming out party, right? That's like yeah. when people started to realize that you were out doing was, your thing. I was hanging out in the early steam community and uh, writing articles and earning tokens and the stories that I was putting out, you can go read them, like the macroeconomics and the socioeconomic macro like stuff and just like observations and fun stories from from jail and stuff like that. Uh, the community loved it. And we I love talking about it. Yeah. We went to Munich, remember? Oh, we went to Munich right yeah. after that. We got permission from the judge and we went to a to a crypto conference in Munich in 2017. That was so much fun. With the whole Steam crew. Yep. Everything that brought us back to the industry was always community. It was always people, friends, community, culture, ideology. Yep. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the the pizza party in Miami? Of course. Yeah. Do you remember the people dressed in costumes? What were they yeah. wearing? <laughs> they were all wearing pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like floating people with pizzas. Like you go, you walk in and then just remember it's like this huge room and it was a second floor. 
and everyone had pizza costumes on. I'm like, yep, this is the Bitcoin pizza party. <laughs> Did you ever ask anyone like why why we're once a year we'd get all this pizza no matter where we were in the world? We've been dedicated. You and I have been dedicated like celebrating Bitcoin Pizza Day. Oh yeah, for ten Siamba. years. Yeah, we went Segway, to another one years Segway later. Party. But did anyone ever like, like, I know you know now, but at what point did someone tell you why we're actually celebrating pizza? And you're like, that's the reason, like, that's your holiday. <laughs> did, do you remember what the moment was? Yeah, I just thought it was very strange. And I just thought it was a Bitcoin thing that people were just dressed up in pizza costumes. I didn't know. Everyone's so creative and unique. Like, I just, I just didn't even look twice into it all we were celebrating every year is is the fact that it was like the first ever recorded bitcoin transaction where someone bought ten thousand uh bought two pizzas for ten thousand bitcoin like in 2010 i think it was so yeah. that's 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 the celebration <laughs> um and then we did the segwit tampa pizza party another one we were like yeah we had a segwit cake so here you are yeah. and we're like <laughs> we got married that year yeah I remember because then we went to Tampa and it was a party on the water and there was a little bit of press there and there was just dancing and drinks were flowing. And then there was the Bitcoin cake. And so there's this the cake that cake. literally says S-E-G-W-I-T. Yeah. Now, I want to know what other developer community in the whole entire world has cakes when they do merges of their code base. Because really, that's what SegWit was. We were merging the segregated witness code base. But like the Bitcoin community is so strong and so old that this like this code merge became contentious for a while. And eventually when it went through, everyone was celebrating it. And I'm just looking back and I'm like, oh, my God, what life do we have that we're celebrating like segregated witness, like code base merging? It's just insane. <laughs> um, and then although we can't talk about who are the people that were there, we went to Satoshi Roundtable. Yep, that was amazing, too. That was an amazing experience. We, yeah. we got to to really meet a lot of our old friends from the early Bitcoin days. Yeah. yeah. They do Satoshi Roundtable every year. And it's such a fun, like to get reinvited to that back was such a nice experience. It's a great spa. And we moved down to Florida and we got married. Yes, we did. And uh, we, we the, our Bitcoin and crypto life didn't end there, did it? It only got bigger. Yes. And then we graced Sarasota Magazine. <laughs> yeah. We grace Sarasota Magazine. <laughs> and then we started the show. And then we started the show. And that's kind of like where where the, the, the history up until now, although we missed over probably a lot. Starting the show was probably a, a little out of order, too, but that's OK. <laughs> do you remember like do you remember the, the time that I told you I wanted to start the show? What what do you remember the yeah. first time I talked to you about it? Yeah, it's when we were going through the whole Winklevoss case. Oh, that was crazy. And uh So you needed a you needed something to vent. So <laughs> literally <laughs> it was a way for you to just kind of just do your own thing and kind of veer away from I don't know, just day to day. Day to day stuff that this is like your thing. This was your creative outlet that you could do. And it was just you. So I, I remember how excited you were and you're like, I'm going to do this. And and look, you're at 300 today. Yay. Congratulations. I, thank you, baby. <laughs> I uh, I remember like um, the the guys, the Blockwork guys who, were, who we founded the show with, they, uh, I recorded the first five episodes and Jason sat me down on the phone and he said, are you sure you want to do this? 
Like I wasn't a very good podcaster back then. I still don't think I'm a very good podcaster. You're amazing. But I guess we're here Come all these on. years later. You're- Thank you. But like he, they need all these notes and all these suggestions and literally all of his notes and his suggestions would have amounted to me doing a completely different show. Not like different show, but just like how I prepare it and how we do the show. And um, because I went to prison and I had so much humility training, I felt like at that point I was just like, yeah, any suggestion you want, I don't care. Just tell me how to be good. <laughs> and it really is a testament to, to, and I forget my personally a lot of times to be humble, but it just like when we let our egos go and we could just like absorb help from people and information, we can learn so many, so many other things. Of course. And um, I don't want to end there. So we have all, so we started the show in 2019. We're <laughs> married now two years. Yeah. Um, we're traveling all these amazing places, doing all these amazing things. We're, we're doing, um, doing this new uh, crypto investor network with an investor place and to start the podcast and got our, our fun together and, and working for and investing in so many different Bitcoin and crypto companies and making a lot of shit happen from behind the scenes, you know, with a lot of our friends who, who are in the positions where they are now. We're producing um, film. And then COVID happened. Yeah. But what did we do? Instead of hiding out, what did we start doing? We started producing films. We started making movies. <laughs> and so now we're making some movies together. Yes, yes. I love how we just take lemons and turn them into lemonade. Lemonade, absolutely. That's That has been such an amazing thing. I mean, like, <clears throat> can't believe it's episode 300. I can't wait for people to see all of the movies that you're going to be in. Uh, I can't wait for the next 100 episodes, the next 1,000 episodes, where there's so many exciting things you and I know that we can't talk about. There are so many exciting things coming to the show that's in the works, in the background, that um, we're going to be doing some amazing things together. Yes. So. Before we end, is there what do we miss anything? Like, is it, I mean, we got ice cream. I don't sandwiches. think we have enough time for everything that we <laughs> can talk about. But um, yeah, that was a nice little touch with ice cream sandwich. Mine's all melted because I didn't eat all of it. Oh no worries. Okay. Well, I love you and I love, I love all you, you guys. Too. And Thanks. I'm really proud of you, Charlie. Thank you, babe. Came a long way. Court, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, episode 300 would not be as good as it was, or be. The, doing the show would not be the best part of doing the show is like when I finish, I come and tell you. And the first thing you ask me is, how was the show? And who was on your show today? And how did it change our lives? Um, thank you to the, my, my 300 guests. Thank you to my guest 300. But all you guys were listening to the show. Uh, thank you guys, girls. And I use guys interchangeably for everyone. But thank everyone. Please email me. Get in touch. Any guests you want to have or things you guys uh want to see going forward please let us know um and bazzy of course our, our amazing puppy and all the people who have supported us along the way yes um i'm your host charlie shrem you are you have achieved an unlock at episode 300 <laughs> congratulations everyone. let's go let's go forward like we've been through so many bull and bear markets together and I'm ready for a bull market. Are you ready for a bull market? I'm always ready for I'm a bull ready market. for the moon. Let's go for another <laughs> bull market right moon. now. Let's go. All right. To the, to the moon guys. All right. To the moon. Thanks guys.